You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Amen. It was a good congregational, wasn't it? I don't know about you, I was singing along. I still think Cam spilt a box of miracle Grow in his guitar, and, and that's what happened. So, uh, since God through Jordan leadeth me, Joshua chapter 3, Joshua chapter 3. <clears throat> So, so growing up, how many of you have been in, oh, in your lifetime while you're growing up, you've been in three or more churches in your lifetime? Just curious. Let's see your hand. Three or more churches. How about five or more? You've been in five or more churches in your lifetime, okay? Anybody here been in only one church in your lifetime? I mean, this was your one and only church in your lifetime? Amen. There's a couple of you here. It's the only church you've known. Praise the Lord. That's really good. Um, looking back on my years, as I, I grew up in the Franklin Baptist Church, Dale Chambers was my pastor back there. I uh, went to Bible college and I had, um, had a church there, the Calvary Baptist Church of Duncanville, Texas. And once we left Bible college, we came here to Sioux Falls. And this is my third church that I have been a part of. And I, I really believe had I stayed and lived in Franklin, I'd probably still be in Franklin Baptist Church. <clears throat> One of the things that I have um, seen while I was in these different churches, I'd hear different preachers get up and they would, they would either tell stories, things that they had seen that were nothing short of miraculous. It, it was obvious that it would take the hand of God for the things that they described to have taken place. Then I would read books, especially once I got into Bible college. Um, I remember years and years ago, Curtis Hudson encouraged all the preacher boys that he could influence to read a book called Deeper Experiences of, I believe it was Famous Christians by G. Gilchrist Lawson. <clears throat> and I read that book and I was, I was stirred by the way that I saw how God had moved upon different people at different times. And I mean genuinely stirred. My heart would be so blessed, and I would sit there as a young man and just think. You know, I had the whole world out in front of me in Bible college and wondered what in the world um, God could and would still do in our day and age. One thing I knew was for sure was that God never changed. And I always have believed that He never wanted to hold back on any day and age the great power that he ever demonstrated at any other time. I, I had always believed that, and I believe that God would, uh, I just in my heart, I felt like God would still want to do great and mighty things, and it would still be my desire even here tonight 
I know this, that I'm on the backside of my ministry. I mean, I, I'm, I'm realizing that now. Um, <clears throat> when you go from having brown hair to absolutely stark white, and um, your body doesn't move quite like it used to move, your thoughts don't process, if you have any thoughts, <laughs> quite, like they, um, quite like they used to process. And some of you are beginning to notice what that is like. So I can see, if, I don't know where I'm at in relation to my ministry, but I, I know I've tipped over the hill and I'm, I'm going down on the backside of it. I, I know that. But one thing I'm so glad and thankful for tonight is that God does not need necessarily a body that's all put together to be able to accomplish His perfect will. Because all God is looking for is an open vessel and an open heart and an open mind that is willing to follow the Lord, and I am convinced that God not only can, but I think God desires to, I think it's His will that He could work in any day and age and really stir the hearts of any of us that might even be here tonight. I believe it would still be possible in God's desire that Eastside Baptist Church could be stirred once again, and that God could do something in a tremendous way through a congregation of people who were willing to follow God in the way that God would ask them to do so. So the title of my message tonight is that God still wants to do great things for His people out of Joshua chapter 3. I am, I am convinced of that. I don't think God wanted us just to read the Bible to ever find a place where God did great things. Once the Scriptures had been canonized and we had the Word of God, great things still took place. Uh, many things were happening that was nothing short of the hand of God and revival breaking out in the lives of churches or in individuals' lives. I believe God would still want to do that even tonight. So in Joshua chapter 3, if you'll follow along in this passage, and please notice everything that is said here tonight, if you will. There is a pattern that God, I believe, is laying out for us here, and I hope you'll listen carefully and try to gather what I think God was showing to us and maybe try to stir us up even uh, tonight to the place God would have us to be. Verse 1 says, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel, notice they're at the Jordan River now, and they lodged there before they passed over. They were ready to go on over into the promised land. Of course, on the other side, as we know, there are still more enemy that are there to be fought and to be defeated, but they were ready to cross on over. They're tired of this 40-year journey in the wilderness, and it's time to step on a cross. So, in verse 2, it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, new command, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant 
and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. That's an encouraging statement to me. What I've done for one man, I'm willing to pass on to the next man as as you follow me. Verse 8, And thou shalt command the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. Key words there, in Jordan. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. Now therefore take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon and heap. Sounds very similar to the Red Sea and how those were blown into heaps on either side of them. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as they that bear the Ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon and heap, very far from the city Adam. <clears throat> That is beside Zaratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. And we can pray there. Thank you, Lord, again for this uh, tremendous passage of Scripture that I believe is so much more than just an interesting story to read at nighttime or to tell to our children or to even uh, list off to a Sunday school class. But I'm thankful, Lord, that it stands as a testimony to every Christian or every church that would be willing to allow the Lord to work into their hearts and to allow the things that God shows us in the Word of God, in relation to you and your Word, and how it would relate to us, how those things can still work in the lives of men yet today. So I'm asking you, Father, will you talk to us tonight through your Word and and deal with our hearts? I just beg and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll say it again after, um, after I had have read the books and after I've heard stories and even of things and places in in our country even of great things that are taking place across certain areas it still stirs my heart and gives a a desire in my heart to to long to see that God would still do something great 
for his people. And I believe that God does. I believe God still wants to do something really great for the United States of America. Kind of muster up something deep down inside to say an amen to that, don't you? Because it don't look like blessings are going to fall on this nation with the things that have taken place, with the things that we have allowed, with the things that we have agreed to as a nation, um, uh, the, the rampant uh, spending and uh, the, the lighthearted view of human life and, and drugs and alcohol and, and lust and recreation and shoving God somewhere in the background. The, the, the most time we ever hear God, uh, His name being used is, uh, is when you know, we're in trouble or, or we are, you know, we're in battle and, and they you know, just say that God bless America and it's almost like a little catchphrase more than something that we really long to see. But I believe God still wants to do something great for the United States of America. I do. I believe God still wants to do great things for the churches that are in America. And you know as well as I do that the churches in America are in sad disarray. That we have, as churches have, we've come to a place to where most people in America, I think on a large scale, come to church largely for recreation and to be entertained and to hope that the, the singing group of the day or the, you know, the style of a pastor or the, you know, the decor of an auditorium or the coffee stand that's in the back or whatever it might be can really help perk me up because I'm really going to need something today to help wake me up and, and get me going. And every now and then something will even prick the heart of those people, but largely I believe our churches across America are really honestly in trouble. I do. But then when you narrow it down from a country into a church and bring it into the homes and the families of our churches, <clears throat> that is really and truly where our country is to be blessed. That is really and truly where a church is to be blessed is when the people of God have a walk with God. And I long to see, and I still believe God wants to work and bless in the families of his people across America again. I know I'm saying America, God loves the entire world. And I'm convinced God wants to do great things around the world. But I am uh, a, a citizen of the United States. And I long to see God do something for our country once again. But if that's going to happen, it's going to happen because the families, and then let me bring it down one more notch, to every individual within those families to each person that sits in the houses and in, in the homes, that every person I think God desires with all his heart and soul to see great things happen within the heart and the soul of every individual uh, across America. I am convinced of that. So I'm, I, I am believing with all my heart that God longs to see some great things happen here at Eastside, but I believe that there are things that we have to see and understand and be willing to follow if God is able to do what he's ever done before. First of all, God is willing, and I believe still willing, to do great things for the people who, number one, will follow his pattern. And if you'll drop down with me into verse Three, I think you'll begin to understand what I think the Lord was trying to get these people to understand. Notice these officers in verse 2 passed uh, throughout uh, the people and began to give to them uh, this command. And notice what the command was in verse 3. 
And they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. So, I believe God can and still wants to do great things for His people and for individuals and for churches. But number one, guys, I am believing that just as Israel wanted to cross over that Jordan River and to make it on into the land of promise and to wipe out all those ites, the Girgashites and the Hittites and the Amorites, and to see all those people wiped out and to see a great nation built in that little tiny piece of country called Israel, if they're ever going to see the great hand of God do something with these flooded waters that are before them, I mean huge waters before them, and if they're ever going to be able to get through some troubled waters and get to the other side of God's promises, the first thing God says to them is this, I want you to follow my pattern, and my pattern is is that I I need you to follow this Ark of the Covenant. This this Ark that had inside of it were, you know, know, the Ten Commandments of God. And there were some very specific instructions that God gave to them as to how they were to follow. They were to keep a certain distance uh, between themselves and the Ark. I don't know if you caught that. Some believe that uh, that distance between the Ark of the Covenant and the people that were coming in from behind, the purpose of that, they think, was, number one, to show some kind of reverence to the things of God and the priests of God. Or others think that if, you know, if the whole congregation can keep a distance behind the Ark, everybody would then be able to see the Ark of the Covenant. Whereas if you all bunch up against, you know, something, and a whole huge crowd is bunched up against it, the first five or ten people in a row up against it might be able to see it, but everybody behind it wasn't going to be able to see the ark. And God's heart and mind was, I believe, with, with all my heart, that he wanted them as they came down probably, you know, as you're coming toward a, a river, you, usually you're coming down an incline toward the ravine and then toward the river. And as those people would be coming down, keeping this pace away from the ark, they would clearly be able to see the ark of God and to realize that is the symbol of the presence of God himself. And as that ark begins to move, we begin to follow that. Whatever it does and wherever those priests go and they carry the ark of the covenant, that is where I'm supposed to go. I can keep my eye on what's out in front of me and I will follow that. So what we need to really understand is for us tonight, if it's going to do anything for us at all tonight, we don't have an ark of the covenant to follow. We don't have priests that walk out before us and carry a a great ark that we know inside are those three items that are are carried on the inside. We don't have that. But that ark was uh, nothing less than a type of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Again, in the ark, we had the Ten Commandments. The ark was overlaid with gold, which is a picture of the deity of Jesus Christ. On the top of it, Brother Ruckman preached so well Wednesday night about, was the mercy seat of God, the very place that Jehovah God would come down and would sit when he would come down to visit his people, uh, was that mercy seat of God. Once a year also, the high priest would go into that holy of holies and would sprinkle the blood of a bull on the mercy seat, which would then atone for the sins of Israel for a year. That was a picture, once again, guys, of the blood of Jesus Christ that would atone for the sins of the world. You can't miss the fact that this was a a symbol of Jesus Christ himself. 
And Israel was to follow the pattern of the ark if they were to be blessed by God in a great way. And if the hand of God was ever to do great things with a little nation like Israel, then they had to, number one, be willing to follow God's pattern, and that was the pattern that represented Jesus Christ himself. I know this. If I can talk to you from my heart, I know that Eastside Baptist Church, if God is ever to bless us in a big way, Maybe I can just hit the pause button there and say this. God has blessed us in big ways. And God has done some great and mighty things with our church. But I don't think God is near finished with what he wants to do with this congregation. I don't believe that God wants us to level off and just kind of coast along and be satisfied with where we are. God help us to know and understand if something is alive, it's still growing. It doesn't get stunted And I believe God wants to do something. We talk about miracle grow. If you want some miracle grow, it's going to come from the hand of God. And God is, I, I believe, not only willing but desirous to be able to do some great things with us. And if we're going to see some great things happen with our church or in your family or with you as an individual, it's only going to happen because we make the choice uh, from the depths of our heart that I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. Jesus is our pattern. His blood paid our sin debt. He is the way and the truth and the life. He is the only one that we are supposed to follow. We must not allow, guys, some other attractions to get in the way in this life to try to veer us away from our only pattern, the Lord Jesus. You ever noticed how you uh, you get your eyes focused on something and you just kind of tend to drift in that direction? Uh, It's amazing to me how I know you know that when I'm traveling... I like to watch uh, for animals on the side of the road. I have since learned I now need to watch for animals in the middle of the road. Totaled a car out, <laughs> not knowing that they were up there, those three rascals. I notice when I look out in the field, I, I'm, I mean recently, I, I've been seeing, uh, what do you call a bunch of turkeys? It is a flock, a flock of turkeys all right we'll call them that and i've noticed the tom that is two or three times out just right around here the tom he'll flare out that tail and and um, have all the other turkeys gathered around him and uh, man that's so interesting to me and i'm just doing this number and yvette's like what are you doing i'm like i'm looking at the turkeys and uh, she's like keep your eyes on the road and i i've noticed as i, I look over there that it's just a common thing that your steering wheel just kind of goes where your eyes go. And, and I've noticed also that the thing you're riding in has a tendency to also go in that same direction. And you look up, you're on the other side of the road, or you're hitting the rumble bars. I, uh, I laughed so hard when I saw some kind of a video clip of uh, people who are on their cell phones, and they are walking down the sidewalks just like this, and they're doing that. And, I, and it shows this one person, maybe you've seen it, Um, they're out in the middle of some town square and there's a fountain up there and a large circular uh, pool of water with a a wall like that on it you watch this it was a lady Um, she's just going to town like this the next thing you know man I mean face first right into that fountain Uh, I'm noticing that wherever you place your eyes that's where you tend to go And the direction you're looking in, guys, is where you're headed tonight. I I can honestly tell you that. 
The things you have your eyes focused on is where your whole life, the whole vehicle, your <clears throat> In some cases, Dad, if it's you, the whole vehicle of your family is following along with, with, uh, with Dad. And it's, it's just amazing how we can get things that are attractions in our life <clears throat> that cause us to veer away from the pattern, from the Lord Jesus. And if you would be so honest with me tonight, I don't know, where are you guys with this? Do you, could you honestly say, I feel like I have a strong relationship with my Lord tonight, and, and I just feel like I, I can talk to Him freely, and, and he, I feel like He's close to my heart, or would you just be as honest and say, you know what, preacher, I've got some big things going on in my life, I've got some things happening that have been distractions for me, and I'll be honest with you, I, I'm heading in a direction that's away from the Lord, I found myself doing things that don't, you know, give a close walk with God. And to be very honest with you, I, I'm not following Jesus like I ought to follow Jesus. Well, I can just tell you this tonight if you're the dad. Uh, you got to have a walk with God if your family is going to go in a walk toward the Lord. And if you want to see God do great things in your family or to the individuals here tonight, you want to see God do great things in your life, you've got to follow the pattern that God has given to us. And that pattern is, is of course, we're not following the Ark of the Covenant but tonight we are following the Lord Jesus Christ. If you found yourself looking at something else in life and it has become the pattern that you're following, God help us get back on track and follow the Lord. I, I love the song. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Hebrews 12 and verse 2 tries to put it this way for us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. First part of that verse, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's how Jesus was able to maintain the victory of the cross and resurrection from the dead, was uh, uh, keeping his eyes on the Father and the goal that was out in front of him. Friend, you'll never get to the place in life that you could if you're not willing to follow the pattern of Jesus Christ. If you've got just this casual walk, it's no big deal to me to read my Bible or not. Uh, sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. And I have days that seem to be all right, and uh, God seems to be blessing me. But I'm telling you, do you really feel like you're living the kind of life with Christ, with the Lord out in front of you, leading the way that God could do great and mighty things in your life if he wanted to. Do you really feel like you are? So there was that pattern of the ark, which is the pattern of Christ. Then also, you can't help but notice the pattern of sanctification that came right after that. Look, um, look in verse 4, and we'll get into verse 5 with that. Yet there shall be a space between you and it. There's the, there's the directions about the pattern. Oh, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way heretofore. Now listen to what he tells him in verse 5. <clears throat> and Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow God's going to do some great and mighty things in your midst. And I, I, I believe this tonight. I still believe. God is still looking for a people who are sanctified and ready to be put into service. He told them, get sanctified today so that tomorrow we can head on across the Jordan River. 
So in other words, if we're going to see wonders done among us tomorrow, then we've got to be willing to be sanctified today. Our blessings tomorrow, you might say, are dependent upon my walk with God today. And if I want to see God doing some big things in my family's life in the days ahead, if we want to see God doing great things for Eastside Baptist Church and still believe that God can do a great work tomorrow, then today God's people have to be willing to be sanctified in their lives. God help us to see that there is no sin that is at work in the camp that there's nothing that I am willingly allowing to take place in my life. I know that when I stand before God, I know I'm guilty. I know when I go home from work uh, 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 in the evening and I stand before my family, some husband or wife, or kids, listen to me, teenagers, when you come home from school and you stand before your family, if you know in your heart that you are allowing a pattern of things that are against the, the will of God in your life, God help us to sanctify yourself today if you ever want to see the blessings of God come tomorrow. Man, I'd I'd really love to see God doing great things in my family, I've heard people say. I wish God would do a work in my life like he does in that preacher or with that church. Would really be neat next Sunday to see God bringing people down the aisle and hearts being broken for the Lord. Wouldn't you like to see God doing things tomorrow like that for us? Then I think it's obvious God is very clear. Sanctify yourselves then today. Make sure there's nothing in my life that I know is sinful before the Lord and allowing it to continue day after day. Hold your place here and go over, if you will, to 1 Thessalonians 4. Back over into the New Testament. 1 Thessalonians 4. Everybody there? Amen? Almost? First Thessalonians 4. Can you look down into verse 3 with me, if you would? And I really would like for us to read this out loud together. First Thessalonians 4 and verse 3. Uh, all of us reading together. The Bible says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. I, I like verse 4, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. That's the will of God. Flip back over to Joshua. Even our sanctification, even a, a, a clean walk with God, even making sure that in my life I'm, I have a walk that is pleasing to the Lord. I'm not knowingly allowing things to, to develop in my life. First uh, Peter 1.15, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. My guys, how we need God's miracles and we do need God's power again. So sanctify yourselves. Get your hearts ready for God to be able to use you in the future. If we ever expect God to do anything for us, then God help us to make sure my heart, our heart is right with God tonight in every way. God is still willing to do great things for people who first of all would follow his pattern and then number two, who'd be willing to believe his promise. Look in verse 6. And Joshua spake unto the priest, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant 
and went before the people, listen to this, and the Lord said unto Joshua, this day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee, and thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, when ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. Notice this, that the priest was supposed to take the ark, guys, did you notice this? He was commanded to carry the Ark of the Covenant and to walk right into the water with the Ark of the Covenant. And God says, when you do that, I'm just telling you, I'm going to be with you. It's the Ark of the Covenant is the presence of God. And if the priests were to step into that water, who is it they have with them? It's God himself. It's the, it's the, um, the symbol of the very presence of God. So, I love to believe the promises of God. It's a blessing to me to know that, guys, when I step into the deep waters and when there's something in my life on my journey to try to be able to serve God, um, get over into the promised land, I come upon this wide Jordan River in my life. How am I supposed to get across that? These are flooded waters. If I step into that, I'm I'm in deep trouble. What am I supposed to do? And God says to them, you step into the water with the Ark of the Covenant. You get into trouble in your life. We get into deep waters in our life. God says, my promise is, I'm going to be with you while you step right into the water. It's a promise of the blessing or the presence of God. I mean, how many times God has walked into the floodwaters with us. And I'll even say that as Eastside Baptist Church. How many times God walked right into the waters with us. And I know the waters were roiling and I know it was troublesome and we didn't know what was going to happen, but I'm thankful and grateful God stepped in with us, with our country. God has walked into wars with our country and God has delivered us. He's walked into the floodwaters again here at our church and God has delivered us. And he's walked with us on an individual basis and God has always delivered us. The presence of God was with us. <clears throat> The only reason any of us are still here whatsoever is because we have tried to follow God and he's gone into the waters with us. I've heard some of your individual stories and I've heard how hard things have been at your home or in your life or in other stations in life and how difficult it's been. But it's always been a blessing to hear from you that God walked with you and carried you all the way through your difficult trials. Everybody's got a trial. Everybody's got a story they could tell just kind of looking across and the stories that run through my heart and mind when I see your faces. But the only reason you're still here was because when you got into those floodwaters, God went in with you. And for us to understand here tonight that if if I'm going to try to attempt to do some great things for the Lord, we're going to hit some really, really hard times. I mean, the promised land is over there and it looks beautiful. Climb up Mount Pisgah and look on the other side. It's a beautiful territory, but look down a little further and there's the Jordan, flooded Jordan River. God's promise is, guys, you step in and I will go with you. I know there's a lot of people that want to just stay on the banks. I don't want to go back into the waters. Some could even say I've lived a long, hard life. And I'm just ready for somebody else to do the, fight those battles. And some other younger people to... (laughs) To be able to get on the other side, let them fight the battles. But guys, it doesn't matter what age we are at, what station in life we find ourselves. You step into those muddy waters, and the promise of God is, 
I'm right there with you. We have to believe that. God still wants to do great things for the people who will just believe his promises. There was also a promise uh, to Joshua, a promise of promotion. Do you see that in verse 7? The Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. The Bible tells us in Psalm 75, promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or from the south. God puts one down and sets another one up. It's the hand of God. The Lord is the one that turns the heart of the king whithersoever he will. And there was that promise of promotion. If you'll be willing to take the lead, if you'll be willing to to follow me, if you'll be willing to follow my pattern, God says, I will be the one who can promote you and allow you to be uh, lifted up to a place of honor uh, at my hand. And then lastly tonight, um, God is still willing to do great things for people Sure, those who are willing to follow the pattern, the Lord Jesus Christ, those who are willing to believe the promise of God, but then if you're willing to trust his provision, notice in verse 9 again, please look there with me, in verse 9, and Joshua said unto the children of Israel, come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. What he was saying is, hey Joshua, I'm going to provide my word for you. I am going to give you my word. I'm going to talk to you. I want you to hear the words of the Lord your God. Uh, Just so you know, I'm talking to you, Joshua. And as I'm talking to you, you're going to have the strength and the grace to be able to step on a cross. I I mean, you, you stop and think about that. What a blessing it would be to know that God says, I want to talk to you. I want to give you my word. And then notice what he told him in verse 10. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you. And that he will without fail drive out from before you all those ites. How about we just say that? Instead of listing all those guys again. Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you. That God is going to speak to you. And you're hearing my word. That's how you're going to know that I'm going to walk with you. Um, It's through hearing my word that you'll know that the living God is among you. I don't know about you. I think I do know about you. I think I know you well enough to know that you want the living word of God to be with you everywhere you go. That you don't want your life to be an example of what I can do and, you know, kind of force my way like Peter did this morning in that passage. Uh, I just want to know it's the word of God that is leading me. I just want to know that when I read the Bible, I know God talked to my heart. I just want to know that when I get into the Word of God, I'm not so distracted and the things that are out in front of me and what I've got to get done for the day and things that happened to me yesterday and this heartache that's going on over here. I just want to know those things aren't distracting me. I need to know that when I read the Word of God, God talks to my heart. And with God speaking to my heart, I I can feel His presence with me. And I just know I'm going to be able to make it in this life. I just feel like with the Word of God speaking to me, some great things might even be able to happen in my little life. We need that Word of God with us. I still love Jeremiah's words there in in 33.3. Call unto me and I will answer thee, and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I think God still wants to do that today. And again, you've got this Jordan River overflowing its banks 
And God did the miraculous for those people. I mean, they didn't just walk across with mud up to their knees. The Bible said they walked across on dry ground. End of verse 17. All the Israelites passed over on dry ground. And as surely as God parted those waters for Israel, when they heard God's word, God is still able to part the waters for us today. If we'll just trust if we just believe the promise of God, that God still wants to do something in my life and in your life in a tremendous way. This has got to be a walk of faith. Faith begins, you've heard it before, faith begins where man's power ends, and that's pretty quick for me. My power ends pretty fast. But that's where my life of faith begins. You've heard it said before, God can do anything but fail. Somebody may say that tomorrow doesn't look very promising for me, but tomorrow honestly is as bright as the promises of God. You remember, those of you that walked through the building program with us, we, talk, we took on a really big chunk financially, really big. Uh, at times it was up to $5 million at points. And I remember thinking, oh boy, oh boy. That Jordan River was really broad and deep. And like, God, how's this going to happen? And I can still remember me walking the bike trails, and my prayer life was so intense with God. And I just said, God, you know what we have out in front of us. And I remember saying this to him so many times, but God, I know the million-dollar God. I, I remember saying that to him, and I just would beg God to do great and mighty things. You remember that the older couple, probably most of you won't remember them, but it was an older couple that would visit our church and, uh, and I, I shook their hand, and they said, man, we're just looking for a church that's friendly. Our, 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 the church we've been attending, just uh, we just can't seem to connect. Can't, uh, they shared some, uh, some things I just won't share. Just, they just weren't finding what they were looking for. And I said, well, man, can I visit you on Thursday night? And they're like, we'd love that. Went to visit with them. They wanted to become a part of our church, joined our church. And then they, I remember, I think she developed cancer. Anybody remembering this story? That could have been with many people. I understand at our church now. but And she got sick, and she could see what was coming uh, in her future. And I remember them calling me and saying, Pastor, can you come back over and visit, our, visit us uh, at the house? It was a few weeks later. I said, sure, I'll be over this week. And I went to visit them. They said, me and my husband have been talking. We've been farming. We were farmers, and... Um, and God blessed us abundantly, and we know you're in a building program, and we just want to give the church $20,000. And I tried to act normal, um, like that happens every day to me. I've never had something like that happen. And I, and I said, well, that'll be a tremendous blessing to the work of God, and praise the Lord. This will go right into the, the building fund, and huge a huge blessing and I just looked at the Lord and I said thank you God it was about two weeks later she called up and said can you come over again I was there in about 30 seconds <laughs> not quite same story we just got to thinking a little bit more after you left and um, and uh, just felt like God was moving on our hearts that uh, maybe we should do something a little more she gave us another $20,000 check. I sat by the phone every day about that same time, just waiting. 
for that phone number to, to ring again. Not really. That was so humbling. And everybody else is somewhat familiar with the million-dollar blessing. When God gave us over a million dollars, a million and fifty-eight thousand dollars came in. And I looked up at a million-dollar God. I don't say that lightly or jokingly, because he owns it all. And I just believe, still believe today, God can do anything for a people who are willing to look up and see the pattern out in front of us, to know of his provision that he wants to provide, to know that he's going to get out in front of us, that if I'm willing to see that God wants to be a blessing to us tomorrow, that I'm willing then to sanctify myself today. I am. I, I'm willing to lay my life out before him. And, and God, show me if there are things working in my life. If there's wicked pride, if there's things that are, are hindering my walk with you, God, please show me. I want to be sanctified today so that God can bless me tomorrow. So that God, guys, so God can bless our church tomorrow. So God can do some more great and mighty things in in our lives. This is a time to believe that God has great things for tomorrow. And again, as I said at the beginning of the message, we just can't pop it into neutral and just coast. We've got to believe God's word and God's promises. We cannot just be satisfied with where we are. There's a great work to be done. There was a provision of God's great power. One more time, look in verse 17. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan and all the Israelites passed over on, it wasn't muddy ground, it was on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. Man, there was a great provision of the power of God. Psalm 111 and verse 2. The works of the Lord are great sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. I love that verse. The works of the Lord are great. So what is it we need at our church? More talent? Greater numbers? More money? You think those are the things that we need? Or do we just need a Lord that does great things? That's what we need. And listen tonight, God is still working in his people. God is still working in people who, number one, will follow his pattern, who will believe his promise, and who will trust in his provision. Do you think God could still do some great things even here? In this city, with your life, in your family, with this church, do you still think God Almighty can do some great and mighty things? I believe God can. And I believe we need to search for that and long for that and beg that God would still work in my life here tonight. I want to ask you just to go ahead and bow together in prayer if we would. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed as we would go to the Lord in prayer here this evening. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.